Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, friends, and welcome back to God's Planning. My name is Father Patrick Briscoe, and I'm the Associate Chaplain at Providence College and Deputy Senior Editor at Alatea, the Catholic News and Spirituality website. If you haven't checked Alatea out, because um, I don't think I've actually talked about it much on the podcast, but if you haven't no, checked Alatea yet. out, read it. It's great. It's good for your soul. So, uh, you know, you didn't know that the first thing you were going to get today was a pitch, but haha, Just... joke's on you. <laughs> you tuned into God's planning. Um, I'm joined today by my colleague, my brother in holy religion, the one there the only, Father Joseph Anthony Cress. Hello, oh. hello. The distinguished... Yeah, uh... University chaplain, the University of Virginia. I mean, we're both we're both in campus ministry now, so it's it's a uh, it's it's a lot of fun to kind of support each other uh, in the same kind of style of apostolate in ministry, and uh, to share notes and to kind of join in in a different way of our own profession and the sharing of our vows, but now in the similar vineyards that we are. Uh, working in. So it's good. And uh, spring semester is off and running. And we just finished the SEEK conference. So shout out to Focus and shout out to all those that participated in SEEK, the kind of crazy things that happened, but just watching God work in such beautiful ways in chaotic environments is like just one of these really life-giving things uh, as much as you plan, as much as you kind of try to make this the best experience, or you think it's going to be the best God shatters everything and really truly enters into the chaos. And so it's been fun, but it's, it's exhausting, man. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. We were invited to release a special episode for Seek. Um, so mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun that dropped over the conference and uh, will be available on the podcast um, for the rest of our listeners. So Focus um, allows us to release that episode more broadly um, after the conference. Uh, so that's coming up. Um, and uh, yeah, give me give me like one or two nuggets. Like how did the conference impact your students? So we had a lot of students that um, would, would they, they've been coming to Bible studies here and there and kind of like spotty and dare I even say flaky, but they came uh, to see that doesn't and they sound were, like a college, body, no. you know, uh, but over the four days of seek, they were there at every single thing and you could see the steps uh, or the, the faith growing in them. And then there were a number of students who joined in a day in or two days in or three days. And one guy uh, was coming to Sunday mass and was like, Oh, what's going on? And somebody was like, yeah, our Bible study is getting ready to start. You want to jump in? He jumped in on Sunday morning, like the last day of Seek. So like you could see that there was this wow, wow. beautiful openness of just like come and encounter the Lord, come and meet him uh, in, in those settings. So it was really, really exciting and unique for this one year that we have to do it this way. Yeah, that's right. It looks like the weather forecast is still like 99% chance of COVID um, for, the near, <laughs> for the near future. Heavy, heavy COVID fallout heavy, there. Heavy um, bid. So you got a mask up. Um, and so that's the, that's, the, that's the landscape. But one of the great things about um, the spiritual life is that uh, it can still be nourished <laughs> despite, the, despite the imminent forecast of continuing COVID storms raging. Um, and so one of the things that we wanted to do was um, to do something a little bit systematic um, to really engage a particular part of the spiritual life, a particular part of 
um, mm-hmm. of our moral life, of our, our human life, but of the spiritual life um, that can be engaged this Lent. And this is actually your idea, Father Joseph Anthony. So what's God yeah. proposing for Lent? Well, we want to we dive into uh, the virtuous life and not just the virtuous life of, uh, you know, living um, this kind of, uh, this deep, intense engagement with uh, growing closer to the Lord in both the theological and the cardinal virtues. And to look at St. Thomas and why he proposes this and why he spends so much time in building up the moral life by looking at the virtues. And this is really drawing from uh, my students here at the University of Virginia. Over the last few years, they always kind of step to me and are like, hey, can you can you teach us about um, you know, hope. Uh, can you teach us about faith? Like, what is this? Like, we hear you use it. We hear you preach about it, but like, we want to know more. And um, I think drawing from that, there's this deep hunger to kind of, yes, we hear those terms thrown around a lot, you know, faith, hope, and charity or uh, prudence and things like that. But to be able to s- take the time, dive into it, understand how this um, not just helps us to live and grow as humans, but help us grow closer to, to God himself through these virtues. Yeah, so our claim, again, you know, just to re-echo a little bit of, about what Father Joseph Anthony was saying, is that human beings are a particular kind of thing, and we think virtues are perfective powers yeah. of the kind of thing that a human being is, at, right? And so the virtues satisfy our natural and even supernatural desire for happiness. And um, for that reason, they they call us forth and reveal to us the fullness of life and complement in the sense of fulfill and give greater meaning to the shape of our life. So we want to dive into the virtues to take them seriously and show how they enrich us. And so with that in mind, we want to start as St. Thomas Aquinas does um, with the virtue of faith. So if you had to say just casually, Father Joseph Anthony, you know, someone stops you, you're walking around Charlottesville, you know, coming out of a pub. Wait, that wouldn't be you. No, that would definitely be you. That would yeah. definitely coming be out of, yeah, yeah. Breweries, you know, breweries <laughs> and uh, down Check. here in central Virginia, it's breweries and vineyards. Yeah, that's right. Checking the weather, uh, you know, st- stepping out. Um, and so, so you're there and this person passes you by and says, well, um, you know, you some kind of monk thing and you say, yes, I'm a Dominican priest. And you explain like the friars movement and give them the whole rich history of our order. And they're so wow. in awe and impressed with you. And they say like, well, you, that means you're a religious person. And you say, yes. And then they say, okay, what is faith? What do you say? Yeah, What's your like? You say that and you're like, you're a man of faith. So what does that mean? And I think mm. by faith is uh, it's a man who has given his intellect and will over to God. He's ascended uh, and, and given his assent to God as God reveals himself. And I think that's the really important thing here is that God makes a first movement. God reveals himself to us. And our response to that revel- revelation is to assent to who he reveals himself to be. And so we give our intellect and our will to God. And that action is what we call faith, um, is to live by faith, is to, uh, you know, to give ourselves to God, both in intellect and will. And so we'll dive into more about like what that looks like and, and how that is. But I think that's the first thing to understand is it's our response to God revealing himself to us. So our listeners will all be very happy to know that Father Joseph Anthony is not a heretic. This is not his own idea. What, what he is offering you is the basic proposal of the Catholic Church as expressed by, uh, as expressed by the catechism, more or less. Right, Father? I mean, that's, yes, you know, that's, that's it's straight out of catechism. Here. I think what in the 140s, somewhere in that section, um, dealing with the creed. 
Nice. Excellent. So faith is kind of um, personal adherence to God, as Father Joseph Anthony is saying, is importantly a response to God who has sought us and who has begun to tell us about himself. And I, I think this is, this is um, something we're thinking about for those of us, especially um, who maybe are cradle Catholics, um, who didn't come to discover the faith um, in a richer way on our own as adults, you know, pe- people who are, com- who are, who are converts have a, a, often a very rich account of what it was like to discover the faith. But for those of us who are cradle Catholics, um, the, f- the faith was, the, the faith was passed down to us, handed on by our parents. It's the greatest and richest gift they have to give us. But sometimes we forget that faith is fundamentally a, a revelation of God speaking to us. Um, yeah. That faith, faith has to have this deep and rich and personal dimension. And like any other relationship, if we're thinking of faith in relational terms, it has to be nourished. So that's one of the themes that we're going we're gonna to talk through yep. um, about this episode, recognizing that faith is this um, deeply personal adherence of, of, of a person to God um, and, and that, uh, and that it's, it's a response to God. God first proposes what is to be believed and out of love we, we uh, respond to him. And that, that's the core of what faith is. Okay, so let's step a little bit more technically into St. Thomas Aquinas. So Father Joseph Anthony and I have just kind of been freewheeling a little bit <laughs> about faith here. Um, and so we, we, want, we want to say a little, a little bit from St. Thomas because he provides some technical language that's worth our thinking of. Um, and this is one of my hobby horses, so I'm going to wax poetic for a little bit and then please, and then please a, go for this. <laughs> you, you have Anthony. full permission, man. Thank you, Father. Um, so one of the one of the things that's important to understand is that every every habit is known by its act. So habits are stable dispositions. If it's a good habit, it's a stable disposition to do the good. If it's a bad habit, it's a vice and a stable disposition to do something bad. And we are able to identify our habits based on the actions that they do. So if you have a bad habit like nail biting, it's that act of biting nail that makes that particular thing a particular kind of habit. But if you have a good habit, like calling your lonely friends to check up on them, um, it's that action of reaching out to someone to encourage them in the middle of the pandemic to keep the faith. Um, that's a good habit. So if we're, if we're asking, uh, well, what is the kind of stable quality of faith? We want to say that faith is a habit. It's a good habit and it's known by its particular act and the particular act of faith then is to believe. Acts are known by their objects. So here I'm building a little bit of a chain argument. Acts are known by their objects. And the object of this act of believing with respect to faith is truth. So the object of belief or the object of faith, we can say, is truth, truth himself. So uh, this is a big deal for Dominicans. Um, You know, the part of the order's charism is the truth. Um, we have very a, a very rich spirituality of truth. Catherine of Siena lovingly calls, uh, calls God first truth um, and in the most poetic and loving way. So for us, this is, this is the center. This is, the, um, this, is, this is our way of understanding um, what faith is, is that it's this stable act, um, this habit of, of believing, this stable habit, this act of believing, which directs us towards, leads us towards that object of truth. Okay, so Father Joseph Anthony, can you talk a little bit about the ascent of faith? Because um, we know that the intellectual element is important here. Yeah. Um, 
but we also know that that's not the whole story. So can you help us fill that out? Yeah, I, I think um, and Augustine talks about that, like faith is thinking with assent, right? It's, it's this action mm-hmm. and that um, we've, we're talking about how we ascend to truth, right? The, the truth and, and the reality that's be, before us. But um, we have to understand, as I said earlier, that faith is the, the ascent of both the intellect and the will, to truth, right? And so, so this it's this act that, as you're mentioning so beautifully, it's an act of believing. We have to then, of our will, not only uh, see the truth that is in front of us, but allow ourselves to be conformed by it to itself. Um, we have to then ascend and kind of, in, in many senses, surrender ourselves to the reality that sits in front of us to the truth that is presented to us, that's communicating itself, that's inviting us, that's calling us deeper, or even dare I even say higher to itself. Um, but it's, it's not just the ability to perceive, but it's the ascent. And that takes a movement of the will. That's, that's an act of the will. And that's what the belief is. And that's where, once again, we're talking about the act of faith is a belief because it wraps up both intellect and will now. Uh, so we intellectually are able to perceive the truth as it's revealed to us, but it's a will and belief that then unites and allows ourselves to be wrapped up in it in a beautiful way. You knew that Dominicans would be excited to talk about faith, but I bet you didn't know that we'd be this excited to talk about it. Dude, I'm using my hands so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> the act of the the act of faith then has these has these twin. Um, you know, these, we, we might say these twin pillars. One of the, one of the uh, images that I love best about um, describing what it is to have the, the virtue of faith, the, the stable so disposition, good. the power of faith in your life uh, is that of a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> because, um, not because it's a big surprise, but because <laughs> you can see clearly the, you can see clearly to the two principles that inform faith. Uh, so the, the first principle is our human reason, which is the spring. That's, which, that's, that's that which powers the act of belief. So faith is a reasonable thing. Um, it's a reasonable thing to have faith. And in fact, as we said, when we, when we started our little conversation, we were saying that faith is first and foremost a response to what God has proposed. And God mm-hmm. proposes clear things. There are tenets of faith which are to be believed, tenets of faith which are reasonable, not in the sense that we can explain every aspect of them, but, but um, in the sense that when, when taken, they are, they are logicable. Um, didn't you like that word? <laughs> and that was for you, Father Joseph Anthony. Um, they are logical and, uh, and are reasonable. I got a little sidetracked there. I wanted both reasonable and logical. I love logical. that word, by the way. I'm 100% going to use that more often. Reasonable, logicable and reasonable. Logical. Can we please name the episode that faith is logical? That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> faith is logical. Faith is logical. I am the smart things all going. Um, but the idea, but the idea is that uh, the idea is that um, our reason is the spring and we understand the terms of belief. And then our will is the little cat that keeps the spring down or opens the spring up. Okay, so when we believe the the spring shoots us out, uh, the the spring of our reason, you know, when opened by the will, when opened by our choice uh, or our our heart, uh, 
allowing that ascent to take place. Um, the reason I like the Jack of the Box, in addition to like how you can see clearly the two principles, the spring and the lid, um, meaning both the intellect and the will. Uh, the reason I like this uh, so much is that faith is a liberating thing. You know, in the modern world, constantly people are talking about faith as something oppressive, uh, as if belief could be reduced to merely, um, merely lists of principles. And that would be a wrong account of what it means to be a believer. Um, faith is the kind of thing that satisfies the deepest longings of who we are. And we were saying that a little bit with what the natures of the virtues are. Um, the virtues are, are, are perfective of the kind of thing that a human being is meant to be. And because they're perfective qualities, they don't inhibit us. They open, uh, they open and expand the horizons of our possibility for happiness. They lead us into the kind of thing that we were absolutely made to be and the kind of thing that allows us to, to flourish and enjoy the richness and fullness of life. Um, okay, I talked a lot about that. I got really excited there with my little That's spring okay. analogy. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a short break here. Um, and when yeah. we come back, we're going to talk about um, examples of faith, like how, how, we think some of these, uh, how we think this could be demonstrated in conversions. We want to talk about the problem of dead faith. We want to talk about the effects of faith. And we want to talk about how to nourish faith. So we'll get to all of those things when we come back after this short break. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Welcome back to God's Planning. Uh, we've got a lot up on the rest of this episode about faith. Um, and one of the first things that I want to talk about is what is this? What is this theory of faith? We've been talking about faith very theoretically, um, as Saint Paul says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We talked about how faith involves this kind of twofold ascent of intellect and will, of the heart and the mind, together in this one glorious act. Um, what does that look like in someone's life? Father Joseph Anthony, do you have a great um, example of a of a conversion to offer? Yeah, I, I think when we we talk about the the faith life and what it looks like is we have to look at those um, who, as you were saying, they've opened their life and they have this kind of depth and, and the fullness. And, and that's where uh, conversions come into play. And um, when we see somebody who has encountered the first truth, as we've talked about, as it's revealed to themselves, it has this impact on their life that it gives them, dare we even say, a new optic through which they see the rest of their life. And it gives them actually a new uh, fervor to their life. We, This is uh, the life of the saints uh, who are full of faith. And I sometimes struggle to uh, find a better example of the conversion of faith than St. Augustine himself. Mm, you know, when he right. uh, really heard God pursuing him, you know, God reaching out to him. And I was thinking like, okay, I'm sure there's more contemporary example that has kind of a uh, more vivid imagery and, and recent, but you, I can, you can always go back to St. Augustine and see that the conversion of this encounter with the first truth, and then the ascent of his intellect and will to that truth, you know, gave him this new life, gave him this strength, gave him this kind of motivation and fervor through which to pursue the rest of his life. And it was a total ascent and he held nothing back and it gave him wisdom through which he could 
lead other men. I think we often forget that, you know, Augustine was a bishop and he led a diocese. He wasn't, uh, you know, uh, he, he was one who was engaged in the, the needs and sufferings of his people, but led them uh, with this uh, fatherly love. So when we come to talking about the impact that faith has and the examples of it, um, I'm struggling to find a better example than just St. Augustine himself. Yeah, absolutely. No, very beautiful. Um, one that I one that I would propose is um, the sto- the story of Jacques Fesch, who, if you if you don't know who this man is, just very incredible, lived in the twenty middle middle of the twentieth century in France, and was convicted um, for murdering a police officer. Um, so uh, you know, a, a heinous crime that feels um, that, that that feels very very relevant uh, to us um, and uh, relevant relevant wow i'm just having the speech issues today that's all right it's monday then it's monday uh, <laughs> so um uh so anyway fesh um had this beautiful conversion while uh, while in prison and um, part of part of his experience of faith was his lawyer um who was very devout catholic and that was shared but fesh talks about one night being just overcome by god mm-hmm. and he talks about a, a kind of pressure of god falling upon him and he says, in, and he says, in that instance, um, he knew he had the experience of conviction, um, and he just believed. And it's a really incredible, it's a really incredible story about someone who was a ne'er do well playboy who committed a, a heinous, a, ho- a horrible crime, and um, then was given the gift of faith, and by that gift of knowing God and being able to be united to Him. Um, demonstrated a powerful conversion and, and um, was very repentant. And in fact, um, Fesch's cause, Jacques Fesch's cause is open for canonization. Um, so he's being investigated um, for, for the holiness of uh, his later life. Um, so, you know, some of these examples of, of faith are very dramatic. They can be helpful um, because they help us to think, well, what, what is it like for someone to be moved um, in, the, in their heart? to be able to assent to these truths that are presented to them. Um, because it would be very tempting to believe that all we have to do is to mail catechisms to every person everywhere and yep. that they would then be able to have faith um, because everything would be so clear. And the reality is that um, the response to God's work in our lives um, is more complex than that. So because of this complexity, Aquinas has this idea um, that faith can be dead. Yeah. There could be such a thing as dead faith. Um, Father Joseph Anthony, uh, can you shed a little bit light on that? Well, what does that idea mean? What is it like to have dead faith? One of the things that we're going to talk about um, through this series, especially when we look at the theological virtues, is um, kind of their their order and how they are integrated with each other. They build and interact with each other. Faith, hope, and charity. Um, they kind of they're they're woven together in many senses. And when we look at that. Um, you know, faith is this kind of primary virtue uh, through which hope is built upon and charity um, is its completion in, in all the senses. But when we also look at the order of perfection, it's actually charity um, that is the, the primary there, is the first in the order of, of perfection. And so when Aquinas starts to talk about dead faith, um, he's talking about the aspect of what happens when somebody uh, who believed you know, had pro- proclaimed and been a believer gets to the point 
that they no longer believe? Like, is that possible to, let's say, lose faith? Is it possible to uh, be deficient in this virtue in many senses? And what Aquinas talks about, he says, well, yes, because when somebody loses faith, they're losing the charity that it activates that. They, he loses the charity in that, that connection to its source of perfection. Um, and so when we talk about, um, and this might be a little bit of a tangent, but uh, the one of the unique things about the theological virtues that differ from the cardinal virtues or the moral virtues is the fact that we can be deficient in them, but we cannot ha uh, go to excess, right? Mm. And so um, when we start to see that there's a deficiency in faith, um, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. And as, as Aquinas points out, it's because there's a loss of charity. Uh, that motivates that faith, that kind of gives it its purpose. It gives us its, its subtleties and smooths out the, the rough edges because sometimes when we are standing in front of first truth, it can be shocking, it can be jolting, and it's the charity that softens those edges so that we can assent our intellect and will to that. But if we lose that charity, then we can move from a place where we did believe and we did proclaim and we did profess and we did make these statements of faith and belief. But if we lose the charity, the fire, the engine that brings it to its perfection, then we not only just spin our wheels, but we coast to a stall because the engine's lost its fire and we just then park on the side of the road. And that's what dead faith looks like. I found that account so rich that that you know that Aquinas had thought through what this looks like because it mapped yeah. onto so much um, of what I had seen experientially, right? And even heard people talk about like, oh, I just kind of fell out of faith, and it doesn't mean yeah. that they they become convicted atheists necessarily. Um, you know, so it doesn't mean they no longer uh, dis. Uh, it, 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 they haven't dismissed um, evidences for God or the reasonability of belief or, you know, it, it's nothing like that, but their, their faith just becomes kind of empty, like a shell. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this account of um, what dead faith looks like that, that you've explained so richly just mapped on, you know, so much to what I, what I had seen, um, you know, in certain people in my own life. Um, it, it helped me make sense of what goes wrong. Um, yeah and the lives of believers, which is, which is a tragic thing. So what are the, what are the kinds of things that we want to cling to? Like, what does faith, what does faith do for us? Why is it such a wonderful gift? What we've said, we've said it's a, a response to God. So it's the foundation of our being able to be united to him. Um, again, as, uh, again, as, um, the scriptures say, faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things right. not seen. Um, it's that kind of, uh, and, and as I've tried to say, it's the kind of thing that opens us to freedom expanse that yes. broadens the horizon of our life. And it does that because it gives us um, a kind of a, a, a greater sense of awe of God, a particular mm -hmm. quality according to which we can understand God's magnificence more deeply. Um, so we, we sometimes call that fear of the Lord, um, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit. But Father, can you say just a few words about uh, what, um, what, what fear of God looks like and why, why it's why it's a powerful thing to have a, a yeah. fear of God. I mean, and this is, this is building upon your Jack in the box analogy, right? Like this is what this looks like is that when that the lid is opened and the, the spring is released, you know, that it opens up and it truly gives the total freedom uh, to this. But when we, it gives this new, um, th this new kind of uh, 
colorization or new hue to what we consider as the fear of the Lord. And I think um, it, it starts to reshape it in that proper understanding of reverence of the father that we, we do have this fear of God because we sit and marvel at his majesty and wisdom. I remember as a kid, I would uh, help my father in the garage. Uh, we were a big car family and I would love to just hang out in the garage with my dad as he like washed the cars, you know, and I would sit there and just marvel at the fact that he knew how to change a headlight. You know, this thing that you would like say, it was like, it shone so much light in the middle of the darkness. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And he can change it. He could fix that. And I would just sit there and like, just like be dumbfounded and, and dumbstruck in wonder at my father. And um, I think that like, when we start to grow in the virtue of faith and we start to see uh, you know, uh, the, our union with truth itself, that we gain this new colorization, this new hue to our fear of, of the, of God himself. And it's this marvel that we start to, um, be united in all of his wonders that he has created all of his created wonders, because we are then wrapped up into the uncreated wonder, uh, first truth itself. And so we, uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful kind of, uh, relationship in that, in that way. According to, to fear of God, we, we dread the loss of him. Yeah. You know, faith is, faith is this, uh, faith is this gift of union or a gift that leads us towards union. Um, and the idea of being separated from God, from first truth, who um, is just so very dreadful, not just for Dominicans, but for every, for every <laughs> believer. I think too, like one of the incredible things about the, um, about the gift of faith, about the virtue of faith in our lives is that Faith has the quality of purifying our hearts. Faith allows us to see things for what they really are. You know, with the perspective of faith, we can understand difficulties um, as they're intended to be understood, and we can be more clearly oriented towards our goal of eternal life with God. Yeah. And without that perspective, um, without that perspective, life becomes drudgery, as Job tells us. Um, life becomes very wearisome, and we just are caught struggling against it. Um, so I think it's very important to understand these two great effects of faith, both the, the idea of fear of the Lord and, um, and the kind of sharpening quality that faith has um, to allow us to perceive more clearly what our life really is. Okay, so all of that said, um, Father Joseph Anthony Cress, OP, yep, yep. University Chaplain, the University of Virginia, what, what, are your, what are your fast tips for nourishing faith? Um, what, is it, what does it look like to have a vibrant life yeah. of faith? How can all of us be more committed to growing the virtue of faith, defeating it? I think this is probably maybe the most important segment of this entire thing, because as we talked about dead faith, like we can lose faith if we're not attentive to it, if we're not, if we're not sustaining it, feeding it, curating it, and just really uh, making sure it lives and thrives, we can lose this. It's not uh, a stable thing. It's it's very fluid. Um, and so the way that we can encourage and nourish our faith, and I truly mean that, nourish our faith, um, there, there's multiple ways. And the first is always praying and asking for an increase of faith, right? Uh, we first received the gift of faith at baptism, and it's not something that we can attain ourselves, but we it is a gift that we receive. Just as God approaches us first in revealing himself to us, to ask him for the ability to believe what he reveals to us. Like, that's our first thing is prayer, making acts of faith and asking the Lord to increase our faith on a daily basis 
is 100% the first step. And then the second, uh, I think, is uh, intellectual engagement with the, uh, God's revelation. Yay, Dominicans. <laughs> it's what we do. Do but, the like, mind stuff. <laughs> yeah, we have to be... Uh, encountering God as he reveals himself. We have to be reading scripture. We have to be reading the lives of the saints and their writings, the spiritual fathers, um, and constantly feeding and nourishing our intellect so that we can ascend uh, to the truths as they are revealed, to the tr reality that is before us, and make those acts in the uh, engage the will to believe uh, in that, if we don't know what we are believing and we're not feeding it with a spiritual reading, intellectual engagement, then we just become puddles and anything that can make its imprint on us. And we'll, yeah, we'll take the form of whatever stamps itself that's within arm's reach uh, in that way. So those are my top two prayer and intellectual uh, study in uh, spiritual reading. I, uh, I, I want to echo the uh, importance of everything that you've said and add to it the idea that faith flourishes in community. Yes. Um, oh. You know, and I know that right now we're, we're in the context of the continuing coronavirus pandemic, um, which makes this even more difficult um, for, for many believers. Um, that said, we have to find creative ways to yep. nourish each other's faith, to speak about it constantly. Mm -hmm. um, if that means for you, um, you start a little group and you discuss a podcast. I know of this great one called God's Planning. Yeah, it's um, a good that, one. Big that, fan. That, that maybe you would like. Um, but, uh, you know, what, whatever the kind of, whatever the commitment of community looks like in your life, it, it, it has to be there. Um, so just a word to encourage you to find like-minded friends, um, not so as to become insular, but so as to enrich, um, enrich those beliefs. Um, I, that character of community is so important and it's one of the greatest blessings of religious life. Yes. And uh, finally, I would say that virtues um, are powers um, and they are, they are fed by using them. Uh, mm -hmm. So faith is not nourished by allowing faith to languish. Faith is languished by um, being, uh, faith is fed rather um, by, by being, by being put in act, right? So like if we, if we don't do it, you're going to be able to faith less easily. <laughs> you know, you have to faith in order to faith. Um, so so uh, every virtue, every virtue flourishes when it's actually engaged. Um, so engage your faith, allow it to be an act, allow it to guide the decisions in your life, uh, allow it, allow it to be nourished, particularly in the sacramental life, um, yeah. uh, allow your faith to be lived um, and to be practiced at every possibility and it, and it will grow. It will. Well, thanks for tuning in today um, to our first of this um, Lenten series, Back to Virtue, as we've been discussing about faith. Um, a couple of cool things are coming out um, on the podcast here. Um, so one of our big announcements, and I'm very excited to share with you, is that Drum we're roll, getting please. ready to release our merch. So you all Get have excited. asked for it. We have heard you. We hired a talented artist. Um, we have things that, that will be worth owning, um, but we have a, a beautiful collection of stickers and t-shirts that we're beginning to release um, with some of, our, some of our key ideas. They're really great, um, really great things. You can show your God's planning pride. Swag um, store is there. <laughs> so we're really excited about that. We, were, we worked pretty hard and, uh, yeah. and had a lot of really talented contributors to the project of getting our merch out. So we wanted to uh, share that with you. So maybe um, 
maybe in the next week or so that will be live. Uh, so keep your eyes open on our socials uh, for more announcements about our store. Um, and then the, uh, the other announcement that I wanted to make or other thing that I just wanted to share and encourage you um, is to keep your eyes on our guests. And um, we've had some great guests and we hope you have enjoyed their episodes and we're looking forward to more great guests. Um, so check out those guest explaining episodes. Um, thank you all for liking and sharing us. We're grateful to those of you who support us on Patreon. You make it possible for us to continue to improve the show. Um, please know of our, of our prayers for you, um, especially today, um, that this gift of faith, this great virtue, which animates Christian life might flourish in your own lives. God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Plan, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.